Hey, good evening, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It is Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. I'm joined with a returning guest, one that has uh, been a lot of fun to talk to, and he's got some things to say about his team. I hear that his team was semi-decent this season. I'm not quite sure how that all works out, but I'm sure he'll tell you about it. So I got Jordan <laughs> back, and Jordan is what you're a fan of. I can't remember who. who, who? The Houston Astros 2022 World Champions. Oh, that's right. They won the World Series. My bad. My bad. How could I forget that, Jordan? How could you forget? Oh, I don't know. Forgettable season. <laughs> it was. You guys, listen, I have been saying for a couple of weeks now in the playoffs, it was the hottest team, the Philadelphia Phillies, against the most consistent team, and yep. which was you guys. And, I mean, you can't not say that the Phillies weren't hot. And so, but consistency yeah. beat, out, beat out streaky. This time, so, and we'll get, we'll get into your bullpen in a second, but tell me about game six. Tell me, where were you at? What was the feeling? I know you were by the stadium, um, but tell me about the feeling. Tell me about everything about game six. Yeah, so first, I just wanted to say thanks for having me back on, Bill. It's always a pleasure talking baseball with you. Um, you know, I'm not sure if, if anybody else listening right now listen to our last Astros baseball podcast, but the very last question was, what is your prediction? And I said, Astros in six. And I said, I believe we can win it. And I was right. And, you know, we don't always get those things right, but I feel like it was very calculated for me because I know that the Phillies were hot. And and I, like I said, I know that they could definitely get a couple games out of us, which that first game, I mean, I don't think the Astros have won game one in any of the World Series that they've been in. And, you know, being there in Philadelphia, it was electric. And obviously, they, they jumped all over Lance McCullers. And we can talk about that if you want. Um, but, yeah, I was actually, uh, well, since I live in Austin, I drove down to Houston uh, Saturday morning just to go and watch the game at one of the bars outside of Minute Maid Park. So I just had a, a feeling that game six, that was going to be the day that we won. And I actually had to go back uh, to Austin on Sunday. So I was really just going all in on us winning Saturday night. So it was it was amazing out there. Like it was so packed, like outside of the stadium, you know, they had the festival going on. There was people screaming everywhere before the game even started. And uh, we actually found a nice little bar outside of Minute Maid Park. And it was it was packed. We had to wait an hour to get you know, our food and drinks and um, the, the, the energy out there was, was amazing. But, but um, yeah, game six was, was everything that uh, I expected it to be. You know, I thought it was going to be tough, but the Phillies put up a good fight. Zach Wheeler did amazing job. Um, it was, it was difficult to see how he responded to the coach taking him out. You know, after the game, he didn't feel like he was ready to be taken out. And I honestly thought that he was doing pretty good and maybe he'd, he'd had a shot against the uh, Jordan Alvarez. But obviously that that was the turning point of the game. Jordan hitting that that three-run blast. Right? It was a three-run blast, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 was, it was just amazing. And I knew right at that point that the game was over. I mean, yeah, there's, there's obviously a way that they could come back. But after he hit that home run, I think it was pretty done deal. I have to agree 100%. And I have to I have to say 
I'm kind of with Zach on that one. I I mean, Zach had owned Jordan all night. And yep. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? A three-run home run? Well, that's what happened anyways. You know, and exactly. so you're trying to go lefty on lefty. And Jordan was ready to go. And I mean, that guy hit that ball a country mile. He did not mm-hmm. miss any part of that baseball. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was just. That was incredible. So tell me about uh, Valdez. Now, I, I'm going to call him the slowest pitcher in the history of baseball when it comes to in-between pitches. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. takes 15, 20 minutes in-between pitchers, but I don't know how he's going to do with the, the pitch clock next year. <laughs> but tell yeah, me about his thinking. performance. I mean, that it was just amazing. It was almost masterful. Yeah, I mean – Fromber was really just being himself. Fromber was doing Fromber things. You know, we, we've seen his performance all year long with the most consecutive quality starts um, that he had himself just a regular night, really. I mean, he had the, the Navy blue jerseys on. That's a special request that he has for the Astros that every time he pitches, we have those Navy blue jerseys. And the one time earlier this year that we didn't wear them when he pitched, we actually... Uh, didn't do well that game so I knew that that was also a, a good luck charm and the the sport is full of you know being uh you know superstitious and so and that was a good thing going um you know he was working all, all of the those same pitches that he's been doing all year I mean I was not surprised on on uh what he put out I think it was one earned run right and then the obviously the bullpen you know took took it the rest of the way with the best bullpen uh, that that MLB has had all year with uh, less than one earn run average. Um, I think Valdez was great. Like I said, I think, you know, Framber was just doing Framber things and everything was in alignment with the jerseys, with uh, the the Phillies. Um, they, they they went cold. So, you know, it's Framber's a good pitcher, but this is the wrong time of the season for the Phillies to go cold. So he was just doing his thing. I mean, really, they needed to heat up. They needed an extra little push. I mean, I don't know where Bryce Harper was, but that would have been a really nice time for him to, you know, knock a couple home runs. Yeah. I, I, I'll i tell you, as crazy as it made me, having grown up as a pitcher in high school and college, as crazy as it made me with him taking 15, 20 minutes in between pitches, yeah. I loved loved his passion when he missed a spot he was mad at himself like you know he was getting squeezed a little bit in the first couple of innings by the umpire the umpire was squeezing both zach and fromber i mean he just he was trying to get that zone and and you know you only got 10 million people watching the game so you got to be a little nervous even even as an umpire but i love the fact that when he missed a spot he blamed himself and he'd shake his head and he'd get he get frustrated with himself, and then he'd come back and throw the right pitch, which yeah, <clears throat> you don't see that a lot, and that's that's impressive. I mean, I, I I don't get to watch a lot of Houston games being out in L.A., but that's impressive, that guy. Yeah, and like you said, really, he, he runs the game at his own pace, and it's going to be difficult once they implement pitch clock for guys like this. I mean, because really the reason that, Fromber was a winning pitcher on game six was because it was going at his pace, which was a glacial pace for some people, even Maldonado getting upset with him. Like, Hey, come on, let's keep, let's keep the game going. Fromber's like, no, 
let me take some time. I'm going to walk around the mound. He's going to squat at the mound. He's going to go change his cleats, whatever he needs to do. Like, it's going to be difficult when there's changes made, but I feel like those techniques, it's more of a mental game for him. And that was, you know, part of his success that night. No, you're absolutely right. He he was phenomenal that way. And again, I, you know, there's a game with inside the game that I love to watch, especially, you know, I've been watching this game since I was five years old. And there's yeah. a game inside the game. And um, and you and I have talked about it in another podcast, right? You can't dive into pitches like Diaz did and things like that. There's there's certain games inside the games that you just you don't do or you do do. And and I, I gotta tell you, hats off to that guy. He was throwing well and he was under control. And it I mean, if you're Philly, it's not like you can step off or you can step out of the box and make him wait. The guy's already he got 15 minutes in between pitches. So you're not going to ruin his rhythm. You step out, he's going to be like, I wasn't ready anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. I love it. If he could take a minute in between pitches, I'm sure he would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, amen. All right, so let's talk about Jeremy, I swear, in 25, Pena. I still don't believe that he's 25. I mean, he looks like he's 14, but whatever. I mean, yeah. this guy, have yourself in October, right? Mm -hmm. I mean – you're going to hear about this guy and J-Rod for as long as these guys can stay healthy. Phenomenal. Tell me about, tell me about Jeremy. Yeah. I think that it was very interesting to see his progression through the year. And one of the questions that the reporters had asked him was at this point in the postseason, with you being AOCS MVP, being the world series MVP, do you still feel like a rookie? And, he didn't answer the question, but I, don't, I would say he does not feel like a rookie. But watching his progress from the very beginning of the year to now, it it's like a total difference because I, I know he was still working on some of his mechanics. He was still working on, you know, some of the coaches' philosophies and, and how they want their players to play the game and how they how they control the infield. He had a lot to learn in the, in the beginning. And I know he already had talent and he, he had had a lot of advice from Carlos Correa before him, him being on the taxi squad and the last World Series that we were at, which I had no idea of until this year. But I didn't I, I didn't even know he was in the dugout during the World Series last year and just, you know, getting advice from his peers and, and watching how the Astros run the game. And so he had a lot to learn and. Him being AOCS MVP, I mean, you know, he definitely deserved that. World Series MVP definitely deserved that. It was a tight race between him and Alex Bregman. Um, but if you if you put the numbers beside each other, you know, there's no way we would have won anything without that guy. So I, I'm super proud of him. He definitely deserved it. He put in the work. He's probably one of the hardest workers on the team. He definitely took it by surprise. If you, if you stack up his postseason numbers versus the regular season numbers, they're they're not that that similar. I mean, he didn't do too well in the regular season, and that's why he's not in the running for rookie of the year, along with um, you know J Rock and some yeah. of the other guys. And everybody's like, "Oh, is the MLB snubbing him?" Like, no. I mean, he didn't do that well. He didn't hit as many home runs as J Rod. He didn't have the batting average, the on base percentage, all, the, all of that. And in the playoffs, he did. I mean, he batted 400 in the World Series. He batted four, uh, three, 345 in the entire postseason. So that's that's amazing, especially for a rookie. So definitely deserved it. We definitely needed him to come through like that. 
Yeah. He's, you know, I was watching the Angel game that they were interviewing his parents when he had his first home run. And that uh-huh. was something special. You, you don't, uh, there's, there's certain things in baseball, even when you have rivals, even when you have rivalries, right? There's just something special that happens in baseball when certain things happen. And that was just awesome. And I really loved how he, again, as long as this guy doesn't let this go to his head, we're going to hear about this kid for years and you could see the potential of a future Hall of Fame career. I mean, it, uh, he's that good. I, yeah. I do know that he will not be buying a meal ever in Houston ever again. Every time he goes out, there's not a place that's going to charge him. And there's yeah. not a Latina woman in Houston that's not going to want to come up to him. I mean, tell me I'm wrong here, Jordan, but. There's, I mean, he's going to have plenty of women chasing him around now. So, yeah, yeah. I hey, don't care. I totally, I totally know what you mean. And, and uh, you know, by mistake, I, I let my girlfriend watch the game and she saw his biceps popping out and she loved yeah. it. You're and like, uh, uh, <laughs> abort, abort. one of the funny things was uh, today at the parade, um, this was on Twitter, uh, but Dubon from the team said during the, during the parade, he saw about a hundred thousand signs that said "Marry Me, Pena," yeah. and so all the ladies love him <laughs> in, in English and Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. No, yes. he's yeah. listen. I, you you got to give props where props is due, and I don't care if you're an Astro fan or not. I mean, this is a good guy to watch, and and when you yep. watch that eighteen inning ball game in um in uh, uh Seattle when Seattle. he hit the home run right and you guys won it one nothing and it took you guys to the to the championship series that was special too because again he was playing lights out for the whole 18 innings for the both games right that's a two-game affair and again to see him and j-rod go at it again that's something special you're gonna we're gonna oh, see man. a lot of that going forward for sure and there, there were both lights out that that series as well so i mean j-rod always is but I mean, he could have done he could have done a little bit more, and I feel like that would have made them a little more successful, and maybe maybe catch a win. But the Astros did sweep that series, so yeah. No, it was it was great, and I. So I'm going to ask you an off the cuff question here, just to get your your brain stirring, because I, again, the Winter World Series is something special. Whether yep. it's and people give the Dodgers a hard time. Well, it was only sixty games. I don't care. Anybody would have taken the trophy. The Astros would have taken the trophy if you guys would have won it that year. Like, yeah. you don't care. You take the trophy. Um, yeah. To do it in 162 games, to to battle through injuries, listen, I, I don't care if the Dodger fans are going to be upset at me. Hats off to you guys for winning. We Thank are you. now into the most unique portion of the year, which is the free agency. And I don't know if you saw all the people that have opted out of contracts, big names uh, throughout the MLB. Um do you yeah. have any concern? I know the parade just happened today. I mean, we're filming this on Monday, and obviously yeah. this will drop tomorrow. But um, do you have any concerns that you're going to lose a player or two? Or is there any names that you're concerned won't come back that could affect 2023? I know this is super early to ask this question, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, of course. It's definitely already on my mind because I don't know what I'm going to do without baseball but i know there's going to be plenty to be um looking over during the off season so i think it was something like a hundred 
100 days or something like that. Um, but yeah, I've already been thinking about this. And I think that, you know, just hearing some of the interviews after the World Series from Justin Berlander, it sounded like he was using kind of the those past tense, um, you know, terms like, oh, I, I had a great time playing for this team. It was a pleasure to work with Dusty. And I'm like, mm, are you not coming back next year? And and honestly, right. you know, if if you talk to some of the hardcore Astros fans that watch every game like I did, we're a little with a little bit of disappointment in, in just Justin Verlander's performance, you know, towards the the end of the postseason. I mean, he looked tired. He looked like he couldn't you know have any command in the strike zone with with his fastball or some of his other pitches and if he wants to go you know it's okay because we still have hunter brown like we still have a lot of like pitchers that are coming up um you know hunter brown looks just like berliner and i know that he's gonna get better and he's not going anywhere anytime soon so i have this feeling like just berliner is gonna leave um christian vasquez was also was also really important in that trade with with Boston and so you know he was involved in the the game in the World Series where we had a no hitter against the Phillies I mean multi Martin Maldonado had a broken hand and nobody even knew and so it's very important that that we had Vasquez and you know it was tough for him to leave Boston you know they have like a really strong fan base over there and everybody was sad when he changed his profile picture on Twitter because he had all the Boston stuff on there he finally changed it. He took he uh, updated his bio on Twitter because it used to say starting catcher for the Boston Red Sox. Well, it doesn't say that anymore. But towards the end of the postseason with all the interviews, he was also kind of using that verbiage like he wasn't sure where he's going to go. He's a free agent. But I would love to have Vasquez back if possible. I mean, I know uh, Maldonado is, is a beast. Um, and actually both of them, those, those are the best two catchers in the AL like, that are my favorite. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased. But even before he was on the Astros, I love Vasquez. So Vasquez and Verlander, that's what I'll go with right now. I'm not too sure about anybody else, though. Yeah, Vasquez is amazing. And Verlander is a first ballot Hall of Famer regardless. 256 wins. He finally got a World Series win. Like you said, October isn't his best suit, but let's be honest, without him, you know, you could end up with 100 wins. You could end up with with a few less where you don't have home field advantage. So, we'll, you know, I yeah. like Verlander. I, I, think, I think he might do it one more time because they were trying to bait his wife, Kate Upton, and <laughs> saying, you know, are you okay with him coming back? Yeah, you know it's hard when Frank Thomas and Big Poppy are standing right by you say that in case it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a, just yeah. like shh, <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything yet, honey. Don't say anything. But no, I those those are good calls. Those are very good calls. And and again, JV is a great pitcher, great regular season pitcher, uh, and he's good in the clubhouse. And he's good with the guys in the clubhouse. And I, I'm gonna say that. And I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to say that at least half of your pitching staff uses him as an example of what to do during yeah. the regular season, right? Because he's been there. 256 wins don't happen by a mistake, right? Yeah. A 36-year-old doesn't take two years off because of Tommy John surgery, come back and become a World Series champion. So, 
But yeah, also, yeah. one of the things that I wanted to point out was a lot of the games that he they were they were putting him to pitch in were against those teams that were under five hundred. And I think that you know, from Valdez was the one actually doing the tough pitching, actually going the distance. I mean, if you if you compare the the innings pitched this year against each other, from Valdez was way over the line uh, compared to Justin Berliner. And I, I know he's a great pitcher, and I know it's tough to come back from from Tommy John, but Valdez was doing all of the 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 major games, and nobody even really paid attention to Javier as they put. He was like a bullpen guy, and he was never really our our number four guy. Every once in a while, he would start that game. He had a great record too, but I feel like without him, we would be okay. And I feel like he might follow the money if he comes back. That that would be great. Um, but the other the other name I wanted to just pull out um, before we moved on was Yuli Gurriel. I mean, he got hurt at the end of the series. If he sounded very uncertain when it came, comes to like coming back next season, he's like, "Oh, I don't know. It sounds like he might retire. If he's healthy, he might do another year. It's kind of just up in the air." So that he's been important for the Astros all year long. Yeah, and and you we've had Jackie on before. Um, and Jackie's favorite player is is Guriel. And so I think yeah. she'd take it really hard if if he retired. And so, yeah. but it, you know, uh, they don't teach you how to retire when you're playing the game, right? You play it from your little, 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 right? Mm-hmm. All the way through. You become a World Series champion. You do it more than once. You know, sometimes it's it's a tough game. 162 games inside of 180 days with all the travel. And then you've got your spring training and postseason and things like that. It doesn't matter how much money you're making, you're tired. You're just tired. Yeah. yeah. And you have to accept that and be okay with that. And Absolutely. So, um, but I'm I'm very impressed with what you guys have managed to do. Uh, you know, 106 games and staying so consistent in the playoffs. I'm glad that um, a guy that was trained as a Dodger is now a World Series champion in Dusty Baker. Oh, I had to sneak that in there, didn't I? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Well, thank um, you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for that. It's a welcome. wonderful gift. <laughs> hey, hey, but here's a little little trivia. I may have mentioned this to you before, but when Hank Aaron hit number 715 in Atlanta, who was on deck? Dusty Baker. Baker from the Dodgers. No, no, no. From Atlanta. He played with Atlanta at the time. Oh, oh, oh. but Dodgers yeah. champion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then okay. he got traded. I think he got traded seventy six to the Dodgers. I was yeah, trying when to give the Dodgers some love. I'm trying to give the Dodgers some love. I, hey, you know, I'm, I'm getting tired of the animosity, you know. But I know it'll <laughs> always kind of be there. Listen, um, the one thing that I will say that I am, I am gl- so I have a good friend of mine who can analyze baseball like you wouldn't believe. He's a White Sox fan. Mm-hmm. He played growing up. I was talking to him tonight, um, and. Literally, I wish I could have gotten him on. You, you'll actually get a chance to meet him at some point. But um, he said, isn't it amazing how Houston got rid of Carlos Correa or Carlos Correa got, Carlos Correa got rid of Houston, I should say, and they didn't miss mm-hmm. a beat because of Jeremy Pena? I said, it's oh. like very few times has that happened. I mean, Carlos Correa is an all-star. Jeremy Pena is now an all-star, right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be really hard unless he has a terrible sophomore season to not see him as an all-star in the um, uh, in the uh, you know next season. And it's going to be hard for people to beat him. And it depends on where 
people like Bogey end up right. He may not end up in Boston and all kinds of stuff. But but yeah, you gotta you gotta give credit where credit's due. I mean, the the Houston Astros front office has been amazing with the yes they have development and the scouting and the international scouting. And I believe that's one of the the key guys that is actually moving on, uh, moving to to the Miami. Uh, to, Possibly, to, yeah. So we're that he was been the guy to bringing in all of those big players like that were that were young and they're from another country and and that's part of the success that we have, you know, bringing in these guys, these Latin guys, and now he's going to another team. So I don't know if anything's going to change, but you know that was a that was a big key to success for the Astros. Yeah, we'll see. Well, well, Jordan, I have to say, first of all, thank you for jumping on. Thank you for giving your breakdown of the Astros. And I have to tip mm-hmm. my hat to you, my friend. Congratulations. Thank, um, thank you. Enjoy this. I love the fact that you mentioned guys that are key to the club, like JV, mm-hmm. like um, Guriel. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you very, very soon again with different topics. We're going to have a lot of fun in the offseason. So um, we'll definitely make sure you get on a little bit more. But I appreciate your time tonight. Absolutely. I look forward to doing it again soon. You bet, Jordan. Have a good night. Thank you.